We go and grab a quick bite. We watch a movie, then fight. We're the Fast Food Film Friends. You're listening to Fast Food Film Friends, the show where two boys who are in love with fast food and movies, and maybe each other, chat about everything I just mentioned. Now, Nathan, uh, this is a Valentine's Day themed episode indeed uh and you know this is the first year of my life that my mother has not sent me a valentine's day basket or gift uh of candy or hearts or you know a card right yeah Um, or just shown any sense of caring about you really any love at all all. um so i'm very happy that i have you here uh Mm. to weep with uh regarding that because it's been a rough week for me We'll see what we can do about that uh this week we'll be talking about the latest rebel wilson rom-com isn't it romantic We'll be eating Panera's Double Bread Bowl. Yes, we will. The most romantic fast food item on the market right now, I believe. From IMDb, the plot summary of Isn't It Romantic reads as follows. A young woman disenchanted with love mysteriously finds herself trapped inside a romantic comedy. Kind of like how these two soups find themselves uh, mysteriously trapped in a hollowed out (laughs) loaf of bread. Yes. Now, uh, the Double Bread Bowl was added to Panera's menu on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And in their press release, they stated the following. The Double Bread Bowl encourages our guests to take their favorite soup to the next level and share an unforgettable meal with a friend or loved one. So, you know, Kevin, I thought to myself, instead of sharing this bowl with a friend or loved one, yeah. I'll share it with you. Yeah, I think that's fun. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, I think mostly I would, uh, if I ever got a Double Bread Bowl, I would probably just eat both soups myself because I myself, not a big soup guy, don't think they're very filling. I want a whole loaf of bread <laughs> soaked with two different kinds of soup. I think that's what I look for uh, when I think for romantic food items you know i was curious how popular this item would be outside of like a niche you know this fun idea of like <laughs> like it's it's not practical in it's doing not this at all and uh when i went to panera they were unsure they had any double bread bowls left to wow. use and they had to use the last one we got the last double the bread guy bowl. literally reached up into the corner and found a loaf of bread Dust that he covered. could use to cut two holes in wow and he said last one fella he was probably saving that for later to cut two holes into it for different reasons he you was know what I'm saying? getting romantic himself now uh so you and i got two different soups yes well you, you i don't got... even know what you picked up because i'm <laughs> hoping you picked up what i requested but i don't know i did get you the bistro french onion soup Ooh, yeah, baby. which is described as sweet onion and a savory broth with classic sherry wine vinegar gastrique and sea salts Topped with Gruyere and homemade black pepper focaccia croutons. Wow, you nailed those words there. Now, yeah. what is a classic sherry wine vinegar gastrique? Uh, let me uh, only bang that real quick. It yeah. looks like a, a distant relative of the marsupial. Oh, perfect. Perfect. It goes great with onions. Now, I got the bacon mac and cheese. You didn't go soup, I see. I figured if you and I are going to do two different soups, yeah. we might as well go as far apart on the spectrum so you know, we can get a full, all-encompassing look at Panera's offerings. You could argue that mac and cheese is uh, just a, a heavily congealed soup. Uh, if the cheese is creamy enough, where do you draw the line for soup there? I think you could still be in soup territory. Congealed is like one of the top three things I like to describe my foods. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, that's good. Especially Delicious. mac and cheese that's been sitting in a bread bowl. That's going to be uh, the most congealed. I've been thinking that on this show lately, we haven't really had enough cheese. <laughs> and so uh, Yeah, my body's been telling me the same thing. So just a little follow-up from the uh, last episode. Yeah. Uh, you and I ate the Little Caesars stuffed pretzel pizza. Man. And uh, we discussed the fact that we probably weren't going to feel very good. Yeah, we hit on that a little Afterwards. Bit. Yep. I felt great when I left your uh, your apartment. I mean, I felt great when you left as well, but just because you were gone. My body did not feel good. I went to bed that night with a bit of a tummy ache. Yeah. And then I woke up at 2 a.m. and it felt like there was basically the cheese had become concrete mm. inside my yeah. entire digestive system. Yeah. I debated getting up and trying to do something about that. Well, and I like it. Such as? <laughs> were you, were you going to go pull the trigger or were you just going to sit for a bit and see if anything happened? <laughs> I fell asleep debating on what I was going to do. Okay. And uh, I woke up the next morning and I felt great. Oh, okay. That's great. I did come over and like a cat massages uh, a blanket. I did that on your stomach for about 20 minutes in your sleep. So oh, that, that would explain the dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was whispering some weird stuff. Now, this bacon mac and cheese in Panera is described as tender shell pasta and a blend of rich cheeses, including our tangy Vermont white cheddar cheese sauce topped with chopped bacon. Wow. You know, Vermont white cheddar cheese. Have you seen the movie Thank You for Smoking? Uh, I think I've seen something a long time. One of my favorite lines from that is William H. Macy saying, the great state of Vermont will not apologize for its cheese. Uh, great line, but totally irrelevant. 
Now, if you've listened to our show before, you know that Kevin and I like to do a segment called Nimble News, mm. where we review all things new as quickly as we can do. Correct. But this week, we thought in the spirit of love, mm. before we dig into our main course, let's write some Velocious Valentines. Velocious Valentines is the part of the show where we sit down, light a candle, and write some love notes to all sorts of special stuff. Nathan, are you ready? I am. You know what? Why don't you start us off? I will. To the podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I've spent a few hours in bed with you now, and it's like part of my life that was lost is back. I've always loved Conan, but without cable, I haven't been able to see or hear much of him. You're such an intimate and hilarious way for me to connect with that well-coiffed man, and I look forward to falling asleep with you again tonight. Dear Crumpets, I bought a package of you at Trader Joe's last week, and as soon as I took my first bite, I knew you were one of my new favorite breakfast treats. Your top side is reminiscent of an English muffin with a plethora of pores to absorb butter and jam, but your smooth underbelly reminds me more of a fluffy pancake. Your texture is just unmatched, Your flavor's pretty great, too. And you got me wondering, what else have the Brits been hiding from us? Dear Lego Movie 2, Before I entered you, I had high expectations, and you shattered all of them. Never stop being who you are. Your writing was better than most adult comedies, and I could spend every day with you because of your fantastic soundtrack and truly original story. I love you, baby. Uh, this is going to get a little awkward. Uh, I don't want this to come between our friendship or anything. Um, I wrote myself a Valentine for the Lego Movie 2 as well. Uh, we're just going to have to let the movie decide. I mean, when were you with When were you with them? It's not important. It's not important. We'll see who they write back to. We'll see. Dear Lego Movie 2, At first, I wasn't sure what to expect from you. The first Lego Movie is one of my all-time favorites. I thought to myself, there's no way the sequel will live up to the original. But you really did it. You're just as good, if not better, than your predecessor in every way. Your story surprised me at every turn. Your animation's even more creative this time around. Your humor is still so witty and delightfully self-aware. And above all else, your message is beautiful. I'm so happy to get to show you to my future children, and I wish that something like you had existed when I was a kid. You were made with such love by people who are trying their best to put good into the world, and for that, you are the best kind of art there is. Man, they're gonna write you back for sure. Yours was, you're, you're much, you're a wordsmith. <sighs> Dear First Man, I've never been into a space movie as much as I have with you. You're truly beautiful, and your ever-present Golden Globe winning score by Justin Hurwitz was one of the most resplendent that I've ever heard. You were truly a surprise, and I'm so happy that I found you. Dear Ariana Grande's latest album, Thank You, Next. I just wanted to let you know that I can't for the life of me get your songs out of my head. And I appreciate the fact that unlike so many of the bloated pop albums we hear these days, you're short and sweet, no filler, just great tracks, with top-notch production and songwriting that comes from a place of sincerity. So thank you for existing. Next. To Duke Cannon's Bloody Knuckles Hand Repair Balm. This Valentine's Day season has been especially tough on my hands, and your smooth, sensual self has allowed my knuckles and hands to remain as tender and moisturized as a baby's bottom. I can't wait to slather up with you again. Dear Cold War, the latest Powell Palakowski film about a romance set in Europe during the 1950s. I saw you at the local theater on a cold Monday evening, and I'm going to cut to the chase. I am completely in love with you. Visually, you are stunning. You're filled to the brim with shots that left my jaw on the floor. On top of that, your two lead performances are stellar, and their relationship just swept me away. Honestly, as soon as your credits rolled, I just wanted to watch you all over again. If someone asked me, Nathan, what was your best theater experience throughout this entire award season? You know what I'd say? Probably A Star Is Born, but a close second <laughs> is Cold War. Um, Nathan, I don't want to do this again, uh, but I I also wrote a... Are you kidding me? Velocious Valentine to Cold War. You know, you can have the Lego movie if I can have Cold War. I want them both. God. You don't have that kind of endurance. You can't handle both of them. Dear Cold War, after I broke things off with my ex, Roma, for being too slow, I was a bit apprehensive to dive into another black and white foreign film. You took your time with me, and I appreciate that. You had everything that Roma was missing, and you were truly stunning. 
You'll always be certified tasty to me in your songs, and the last line of your film will forever stay with me. Dear Russian Doll, the new Netflix series starring Natasha Lyonne about a woman who finds herself reliving the same day over and over again. When I heard about you, you didn't sound very original. I mean, how many more stories do we really need that use this Groundhog Day formula? But I'd heard good things about you, so I clicked you on Netflix one night while eating dinner. And at first, I wasn't sure if I was going to stick around for all eight of your episodes. But by the end of the third one, you got your hooks in me, and I stayed up late that night just to finish you. What started out as a story based on a played-out trope became something that is so profound and inventive. You pack so much meaningful character development into a short span of time, and your finale is fantastic. Each of your half-hour-long episodes is like a little bite-sized piece of chocolate, and I happily ate the whole box in one sitting. No regrets. Dear Nathan, you podcasting, photoshopping machine, I can't wait to spend the rest of our very short, highly unhealthy lives doing what we both love, eating repulsive food and shitting on bad movies. Isn't it romantic indeed? (laughs) Now that's all the time we have for Velocious Valentines. Let's dig in to that Panera Double Bread Bowl. So I'm going to take this out of the bag and Mm -hmm. unveil to you uh, what Panera has given us. One second. Okay. Okay. My eyes are closed. Is this is this bag like the briefcase from Fantastic Beasts? Are you like in it right now? What is? And open. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I could not be. This is exactly where I expected it to be. This is a perfect quality. Do you think they just did this because we got it to go? I mean, oh. I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh my! Can that you is... please describe? In detail, what you're seeing. That is phenomenal. What we have in front of us. <laughs> I can't even believe it. Like, what a joke. <laughs> we have a, uh, a loaf of bread, which uh, contains two... Let's see here. Eh, you know, it looks like somebody roughly cut a circle oh my twice God. Uh, into the top of this. This is a build-your-own bread bowl. It is definitely build-your-own because they haven't even hollowed out any bread. They literally, like, took a cookie cutter, put it about an inch into the loaf of bread, uh, and then... On the side, two separate, like, classic to-go containers of my soup and Nathan's mac and cheese. There's nothing in the bread bowl. Uh, it's just a loaf of bread, and then we have our soups, uh, or my soup and his mac and cheese. I cannot believe that this is what So, basically, we are we're to hollow out the bread ourselves. Oh, my God. And to pour the soup into said <laughs> cavities. I mean, do you think they did this because... I mean, to be <laughs> fair... I get that, like, if this had been sitting for a while and soaking into the bread, that may not have been the best way to eat this. Yeah. But it's it's weird that they... This is essentially like an indentation, yeah. like two circles in the bread. It's barely cut. What a joke. What a joke. So well, I guess we better get our fucking chainsaw <laughs> out to hollow out this bread bowl. I don't know. Is it even worth it? We have to, right? We have to. Do we just hand it? Oh my god. Yours isn't even cut out. No, it's not. I will say the inside of the bread is uh, pretty soft. I'm going to eat it. I mean, that's good bread. Surprised. Darn good. Yeah, very good bread. All right, so here's the thing. We have to make a lot of room in these holes in order to have space for our soups. Yeah. And then we're going to be dumping our soups in. This is going to be. You and I have to be careful, though. Not to. We can't meet in the middle. <laughs> Otherwise, we would actually. We would. I mean, we would ruin the integrity of the entire double bread bowl because our soups would combine. That's true. I do not want French onion getting in my mac. I thought that actually sounded oddly kind of good, but I understand. I won't burrow underneath to your side of the bread bowl. See, the thing is, I don't want to stop now. No, neither do I. I just but want to I eat this go, bread. I don't want to go too deep. Go through the bottom, you know? This is going to be a very dangerous transition. We might get down to, like, the mantle. Alright, let's uh let's just Go pour for these. What if I just set the cup inside? <laughs> Not a bad fit. Alright, are you ready to dig in? Yeah, I uh I sure am. It smells good. Yeah. It's a it's sort of a weird mixture of scents, but it all smells good. Sounds great. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm-hmm. That soup is fucking great. The mac and cheese is also 
I'm very excited to eat the bread that has been soaking in this. Afterwards. I am too. You're not getting any of my French onion soup bread. I'm excited for cheese soaked bread. Mm. That sherry gastrique. And because I dumped my soup into my bowl, all the things that were on top of my soup are now on the bottom. I was going to say, I don't the see a bacon, lot of bacon. Bacon's all lining that lower level. Now, conversely, I think whoever put my soup in had planned this out because they put all the cheese that's normally on top on the very bottom. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so when I dumped it in, that cheese just popped out right on top. It is a pretty minuscule amount of uh, soup. Yes, very small serving. I guess that's why you get the full loaf of bread, though. I think, I think by the time we're done eating, being hungry is not going to be a concern of ours. This uh, loaf of bread really is reminding me of uh, the loaf of bread from Aladdin that he breaks off and tosses to Abu. Mm. And then Abu gives, they give it to the children eventually, but it looks just like that loaf of bread. It reminded me of the loaf of bread that uh, Jesus multiplied mm. uh, by the hundreds. Oh, yeah. Because I could use some more. I could do. I could too. And I feel like the double bread bowl in itself is somewhat of a miracle for existing. <laughs> it's it seems like a, somebody was really late on putting in like their assignment of coming up with a clever Valentine's Day item for Panera, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Fuck it, let's just do a double double bread bowl." I guess. So tell me this: Would you rather you and I be eating two separate bread bowls right now? Do you feel like this enhances the dining experience? I feel like, honestly, if you did this on like a date, which I don't know who is taking their dates to Panera, this does make you get pretty close. Our faces are relatively close. You know, you're chatting. You got to talk. You're looking right in each other's eyes. I can see it actually increasing romance. Uh, That said, I'd much rather have my own because this is going to get just vicious when we have to draw a line at where your side ends and mine starts. If you think about it, like, the same effect of closeness could be achieved just by serving any kind of food in like a single container that yeah. forces you to sit closely. Or, but a a loaf of bread is kind of like a a practical excuse to do that because mm-hmm. like why would you serve something in two bowls that are connected to each other? Yeah. That makes no sense. But this is like oh, it's cute. Or you could just do smaller booths at the restaurant too. Mm. I think that'd be a good play. Now I just got my uh, first bit of bacon. How's that? Taste and I like? think it's fine. I don't think it's anything great. It's it's just little bacon bits throughout the cheese, but I like it when I go in for a bite, and then your fork comes in like right by my eyeball, and I see you scraping up that cheese. I have to get pretty close. I have to go mouth over the bread bowl because I'm eating soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do not because you chose wrong. I think I chose right. That's some damn good French onion soup. You want to trade a bite real quick? Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you have another spoon? I do. We can use mine too. I don't really care. I'll knife some mac and cheese. Oh. oh. <laughs> Lost it. Still going to eat it, though. A little fuzz never hurt. That bacon is very reminiscent of, like, a Taco Bell low-quality bacon, I yeah. have to say. Um, mac and cheese is fine. I wouldn't... Uh, I'm much happier with my choice. I, myself, am not much of a French onion fan. I'm not too hot on yours that I just tried, and so I think that you and I made good choices. Great. I like it. Look at us. Finally, for once. Discovering ourselves. <laughs> Going down our own paths, not following the cliches of life, or movies, or romantic comedies. Now, about this movie, Hmm. I will say that out of all the movies released in the past year that feature a young white female comedian playing an unconventionally normal character from New York City who doesn't see the opportunities right in front of her until an accident leads to her perception of reality being distorted to the point that she is forever changed by the experience, I'd say that this movie is definitely in the top two. I think it's up there, yeah. I think it's pretty much up there. I mean, I feel pretty, uh, you know, a hot contender. Um, Weirdly and then, similar. And then you have all of the other ones, too. You know? Avengers Infinity War. Obviously. So, the first third of this movie is all about Set establishing up. what's wrong with bad rom-coms, right? Romantic comedies. I would say, not even the first third, like, it's a setup to get to that point, and then there is a, what would you say, six-minute rant, where she literally just picks apart romantic comedies. Yeah, like she, so she's like directly explaining the problems with them. Mm-hmm. And then the movie, you know, once she's transported to this world where everything around her is a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. the, the people and things that she sees are like these exaggerations, you mm-hmm. know, these illustrations of like what's wrong with these movies. And so yes. that part of it is a lot of fun. Like it's, there's a lot of jokes. Yeah. It's just nonstop poking fun at stuff. I love the kind of humor that's like 
pointing out things that we all kind of realize but don't think about. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh yeah, like, aren't these movies actually really generic and repetitive and don't they have problems? Yeah. And so I like <clears throat> that aspect of it. I think that's why it's such a it's it's a it's a very tough undertaking to try to make a it's it is a romantic comedy at the end of the day. So to try to make a romantic comedy that is making fun of other romantic comedies is a pretty big undertaking. Like that's not an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, and to do at least halfway decently that's even harder. Um, so I went into this movie with uh, I would say pretty low expectations. I love the cast. I like a lot of the characters, um, but other than that, I, I thought I didn't think I would like it. I just didn't think it'd be that great. And see, early on, I thought that the point of the movie was going to be like that we should expect more of these movies, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that, like, I thought that it would, you know, point out the problems with this genre generally, yeah. and that it would give us a story that's actually like, like, there's such a thing as well written romantic comedies. There's good romantic comedies. And I thought, okay, like, now that you've pointed out the problems with so many, Solid. what's next? Yeah, yeah. Like, how, like, how do we go past that? But, to me, this movie just becomes the exact thing that it's criticizing. Correct. Correct. It absolutely does, and, <clears throat> and that's why I said it was such a like a, a tough thing to do. Uh, because at the end of the day, you're exactly right. Um, now you say there are good ro- romantic comedies. What's what's your favorite romantic comedy? Uh, I mean, I just googled romantic comedies. I'm looking at a list of them. I love The Big Sick. It's a great romantic comedy. Yeah, it, it built. Yeah, it's yeah. I it's love that movie too. Elevates the genre. It's much more than what we would expect of those kinds of movies. I'd say that's a comedic romance movie. That yeah. means nothing. It means it's more comedy than romance. Crazy Stupid Love. I enjoy very much. Yeah, also good. Um, I mean, there, there's examples of movies that have that are heavily romantic, and yet they're still very good movies. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying there aren't. I was just curious what your what your go to one was. I'm a big Love Actually guy myself. I think that's a great one. And so it's a pretty common issue for comedies in general to start off really strong, Mm -hmm. to have a good first act. Mm -hmm. And then when it's time for the story to kick in, like once it becomes less funny and more plot heavy, then it just becomes less enjoyable. Like there's tons of examples of that. And that was very apparent in this movie because I was laughing a lot. Like I was really enjoying myself. I mean, I would say almost for the first half. Like, I, I yeah. was having a good time. I think so. And then there's, there was, like, this conversation between two characters, like a serious conversation, that I thought was very bad. It was just poorly written, and just I, and I realized, I was like, oh, this is also going to be a shitty rom-com. <laughs> was this the uh, conversation with her, her neighbor in a different uh, world? <sighs> I mean, I, I guess there was a few moments that I was like, all right, I, like... We're going down the same path that yep. you're criticizing. And, like, the thing is, criticizing movie tropes, like romantic comedy tropes, mm-hmm. doesn't give you a pass to use those same tropes. Like what you're saying with the neighbor. No. So, you know, once her world is transformed, yep. uh, her neighbor becomes this, like, stereotypically flamboyant gay best friend. Yes. And it's meant to be a commentary about how, like, you know, a few decades ago it might have seemed progressive to have a character like that in a movie yeah. but like we should look at that and think about how that's actually very problematic it is and so i think they do a good job of calling that out though because you know he's always like oh on my way to no plans whatsoever and they, like they, they do out, i don't have a job and they do call it out like it's very clear that's their point but the thing is for the entire movie this character is just the embodiment of those stereotypes and mm-hmm. it's like beating that dead horse and the joke is basically oh wow isn't this portrayal of a gay man so offensive and it's like yeah it's offensive and you're just reiterating that over and over. And so, like, just because you're pointing out it's offensive doesn't make it any less offensive. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like, it's like if there was, like, a few jokes in there like that, i get, like, yeah, you can laugh at that. But it was just constant. Like, it just kept going back to that. And I'm like, yeah, you you are being that. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say I, I laughed a lot at that character, though. I mean, I, I mean, there was good. There was lots of good lines. There, there were a lot of good lines. Uh, I do. I do see what you're saying, though. I think you're absolutely right. Um, there were a lot of like running gags throughout this movie, like with him just kind of always popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was the other the running gag I had? Uh, when like she keeps throwing stuff out the window, and there's just a guy like, "Thanks, I needed one of those." Uh, there's just a lot of kind of jokes that get a little stale as the movie goes on. Yeah, I think it does just keep doing the same stuff over and over. Yeah, yeah. So do we need to finish up these these bread bowls before we jump into spoilers and in our spoiler snacks, Nathan? Let's do it. Oh. 
Yeah, the bread on the bottom looks real nice, let me tell you. French onion soup, oddly still good at room temperature. I could eat mac and cheese cold. Oh, fuck yeah. I am. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Let me get some cheesy bread real quick. Fuck. That's good. Oh, wow. And so this cheesy, you know, what I'm left with is this cheese-coated bread bowl. And it really kind of has, like, the texture of, like, if you heavily buttered your bread. Yes. You know? Yes. That's really good. I am way into this. I am... Uh-oh. I've reached the shell. I will say, Panera does a great job on really just hardening the outside of this. Yeah, it, I, I can't think, even get through. I think the outer layer is actually plastic. <laughs> which which begs the question, why do they not trust it? Why do they have to put it in a plastic container before... Why can't they just put the soup in the goddamn bowl? See, I do kind of wish that this soup had just been marinating in this yes. bread for, like, hours. I do, too, because... There's only so much soaked bread now. Mm -hmm. it could, this whole loaf could have been, as you would say, doused in my delicious French onion soup. You know, for how disappointed I was when we pulled this out of the bag, I am not anymore. Yeah, I'm satisfied. Now, I did just see, as you were scooping uh, the wall of your bowl that is adjacent to my yeah. bowl, yeah. Our shared um, bowl. You, came, you came very close to busting through oh. that thin separation. Yeah. So, I mean, this is dangerous. Now I have mac and cheese, so that's it's it's viscous. It's not really gonna like mix with that liquid of your French mm -hmm. onion. Mm -hmm. But if we were both eating like a real liquidy soup, that's that'd a, be something to be concerned about. Even the French onion is relatively thicker than you know, that's say true. a vegetable minestrone type soup. I think if anything's that liquid, you're gonna have some some crossover. The crust is like almost. Well, it's still good, but it's too hard. Yeah, it's tough, but it tastes good. It does. Yeah, it would be a workout to eat this entire loaf on your jaw, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's tasty. I personally don't have a lot left to say as far as, like, non-spoiler opinions of this movie. I think that, basically, what I thought was going to be, like, a, a deconstruction of the romantic comedy genre... Subversive movie. ...became a defense of bad movies mm. like it's to me in the end the point was that we could all learn something from these dumb movies I maybe don't. we could all use some simplicity in our lives and it made me angry <sighs> we're gonna go into our spoiler discussion go into detail about that yeah but uh before we do that i mean do you have a like a final recommendation you know for anybody mm. listening <clears throat> should they see it should they skip it i think you know it's just it's it's very tough for me because i'm very much on the on the line of don't waste your time at all, or wait till it comes out and you can watch it at home with your phone. Uh, I'm somewhere right between those two, but definitely don't rush out to the theaters to see this. No reason to see this in a theater at all. My main takeaway from this movie was just that I really like Australian accents, uh, mm -hmm. and that's about it. So wait for it to be available at home, and then you know have a card game going or something while it's playing in the background. There are some funny parts. There are some funny lines. I laughed. But I think at the end it's just kind of it's just kind of disappointing. Like you said, it becomes the movie it mocks. Yeah, I uh, think there was a lot of good jokes. Uh, I'd recommend renting it in a few months. And I'll say, and I say this with sincerity, watch the movie. Mm -hmm. Once you hit a point where you're no longer laughing, you can turn it off. Yeah, you're probably not going to laugh much from that point. It really does get pretty unfunny towards the end. The ending scene was like one of the least enjoyable. <laughs> we, yeah, let's let's oh, talk about it. Oh man, I have so much commentary on that final scene. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, now, Nathan, this uh, double bread bowl that uh, you know we started the night off looking at it with nothing but disappointment. Uh, what's what are your final thoughts on it now that we've absolutely fucking destroyed it? I mean, as far as the soups that we got, I very much enjoy mac and cheese, my bacon mac and cheese. <laughs> I love that you're referring to it as soup. By the way, I really like that. <laughs> Now, as far as, like, a preferred method of consuming said soups, <laughs> um, I'd say not the double bread bowl. I yeah. think the bread in itself is good. Just get yourself a single bread bowl. Yeah. I, yeah, there's no practical use for the double bread bowl. I'm sure this will be off the menu by the time anybody even listens to this. Uh, but, you know, if you're trying to get really close to somebody to, you know, smell their breath or uh, really get a good look into their nostrils, it's a great, it's a great method to do that. Um, the bread's great, the soups were great, um, but yeah, it's just not, not practical to share one plate 
with a with another adult. I think that if a uh, singular edible dish is like your last resort to get that that closeness, that intimacy, mm-hmm. it's probably a lost cause. Yeah, could be like you and uh, Cold War. Well, now that we've kind of laid out our final thoughts on the bread bowl and isn't it romantic, I think we should jump into our spoiler snack segment. But uh, before that, just a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode of Fast Food Film Friends is brought to you by Rent-A-Valentine, the new on-demand service that allows you to hire a temporary companion for Valentine's Day. Just use the Rent-A-Valentine app to reserve your partner at least one week in advance. And when February 14th rolls around, your Valentine will do all sorts of things to make you feel special, like sending you chocolates at work to make your colleagues jealous of your love life, making small talk over a decent meal that costs upwards of $150, or putting their arm around you in the theater to ease the pain of watching a terrible movie. Plus, at the end of the night, they'll even pose with you for a selfie, so that all of your former high school classmates who follow you on Instagram will think that you've got yourself together these days. Get 20% off your first Valentine with promo code BEMINEPARTTIME. Rent a Valentine today. The FTC requires us to make clear that Rent a Valentine does not provide gigolos or escorts. Please do not try to coerce your Valentine into any form of physical contact. Thank you. And we're back. Let's get into the spoiler snack section of this podcast, Nathan. Now, I surprise you. I got us a spoiler snack today. Not from Panera. I figured it wasn't, and you've been oddly excited about this spoiler snack this entire episode. So let me just, uh, let me pull this out for you. From where? Oh my god. Russell Stover, giant chocolate heart. Well, probably a red cardboard-shaped heart full of several different chocolates, but it says... I love you on the front. That is too kind. This is a 24-piece assortment. Wow. wow. And uh, let me just tell you, I got it this morning. We're recording this on February 17th. So that you got me a clearance probably I, from, up to 70% markdown. I was at Walmart, which I haven't been to in a very, very long time. I was there to get a very specific item that I couldn't find at Target. And uh, I ran by the clearance section, mm. and I figured, okay clearance valentine section there's, a, there's like half an aisle of course oh, there's yeah. going to be lots of these yeah. i couldn't see any of them apparently there's people who like oh, jump they, on these yeah, same with sure, and Easter as, candy. so there was lots of valentines and decorations but i couldn't find any chocolates top shelf wow i could barely see it i'm six foot eight <laughs> i could barely reach this thing and you, you i see do, it. you sound six eight i will i will say on the back of the shelf i pull it out it's the only one i see i will say the packaging um it looks like returned. <laughs> no, that's. I'm pretty sure Russell Stover just cranks these out uh, so quickly that they just waste absurd yeah, amounts of plastic and just say, no, 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 smash it on the back and then put a sticker on it so it doesn't come out. And you can barely read the nutrition facts, which I was interested in. Of course. You know? Of course. So uh, I figured you and I should kind of go through this box, try to like eat the same pieces together, mm. and it'll be a little adventure for us. What if there's 24 individual chocolates that are not the same? Well, then our plan might... Uh, um, I, think, I think we'll have to Lady in the Trampet. Each yeah, all yeah. You should probably wipe the French onion off the corner of your lips before you do that. I will not. Let's uh, bust these open. Oh. Ooh. 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 They tricked us. I love that. I don't know what this material is, but it's I want a bed made out of it. <laughs> and I want it to have already been used in a chocolate container. It's so it smells. It has, it has oh. that aroma. See and oh, yeah. let's see. We've got 24 different Ooh. original chocolates. Actually, there's a few repeats. I don't. I think that these two are repeats. I think that obviously these two are the same. You think? No. I, I think part of the adventure. I bet you one of these is filled with something else. Part of the adventure, I think, will be eating the similar looking ones and just, and finding out are they the same. That's a lot of good looking chocolates. They are. Smell great. Smell very uh, good. We got a lot to dig into. Uh, what's, yeah. what do we, I'm guessing we have a key. Is there not? No. They want you to wing it. Yeah. I've noticed. I've noticed now that chocolates uh, don't usually come with a key anymore. Yeah, I had a, I had a package of Godiva chocolates myself really? uh, a couple weeks back, and no guide as to what each one of them is. So we are you doing spoiler snacks for like a, your other podcast that I don't um, know about? No. It seems like we should kind of hash this no. out. I I don't think we need to talk about that on air. What do you want to go for first? Um, I don't know. There are two over here that are in the same spot that are probably identical. Let's do it. We could try those. Very gingerly removing. Oh, thank you. I love when people touch my chocolate first. Oh, so you go for a bite and a half. I put the <laughs> I put the whole thing in my mouth and then try to figure out what it is. I don't want to see what's inside the sausage. 
It's oh. similar to a Butterfinger texture. Very much. You but just nailed that, yes. I um, I bit into half of it. Lighter color than a Butterfinger. Mm. Um, I mean, it's I mean, it's similar like a toffee, but more like it's got like the layers. What was the Butterfinger slogan that Bart Simpson used to say? I keep thinking of corn pops. I got to have my pops, but I don't think that's that's it. I got to have my fingers? Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. That's what it was. Mm. I don't know if Bart Simpson said that, but... Uh, how many of these are we? Are you planning on making me eat? Because I'm not a big sweets guy. I mean, I love that. I'll you, eat what you don't. I, I love that. that you, <laughs> I love that you put the time and thought into uh, uh, you know passing a clearance section accidentally and grabbing something. But I don't want to eat twelve full pieces of chocolate. You don't fly to yourself. I didn't go for the chocolates. Okay, I know. Grab another. <laughs> yes, yes, Dad. I'm going to grab the one that most looks most similar to yours. Yours has a nice dollop of chocolate on the top. Mine mm-hmm. appears to just have been lazily coated. Yeah, mine might be vanilla. It's pretty good. I got a little nut in mine. I don't want the rest of this. What's wrong with you? It's not very you good. You're a grateful bitch. It's not very good. This is the thing about chocolates is half the time you bite into them and you're like... Whoa. Speaking of not very good, yeah, <laughs> I have never enjoyed a dance number oh, less. Oh my god. Can we talk about the fact that Liam Neeson cannot dance at all, and they literally put him in the back of every shot or totally cut him out of the shot? Because in have the... you seen Taken Three? Liam Neeson uh, can dance. Oh my God, no, I haven't. Nobody's seen Taken Three. All right, and is did I say Liam Neeson? <laughs> Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> oh God. See. Oh my what, God. That's what I'm saying. You bite into one of, one of these things are nasty. I fucking hate coconut. Ooh. Here I got a dis- I got a graveyard here that I started. <laughs> yeah. I, that's why you know you give me shit when I do it, and then the next bite you take, boom. But Liam Hemsworth cannot dance at all. They start this musical number, and he's very much prominent in like the first three shots. Yeah, and you, it's so clear that he has a no rhythm, but is like almost embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know if you realized what the movie was going to end up being. <laughs> Uh, at that point, before that dance number, but he looks embarrassed, he has no rhythm, and they push him as far back as they can in every shot, or completely cut him out of the shots, and I loved that, because I thought it was hilarious. But that dance number was so unnecessary, served no purpose. They had no clue how to end it. No. I they literally they were did. like, we have, like, this story is so dumb, and it doesn't we even have make no sense way to conclude this. She's back in the real world, right. where that stuff doesn't happen. All that it says is that none of this matters. Like It's... Uh, God, that ending, man. That ending. Even if the movie had been good up till that point, that would have just negated yes. whatever had come before it. Oh. But it really is like they knew that what they had was so bad that they had to just end with something that was ridiculous. It didn't make any sense. It wasn't It wasn't fun. It wasn't even a good dance number. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I did like Liam. They end with all their hands I up, almost, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I almost said Liam Neeson again, but uh, that could be a continuous problem for this episode. <laughs> Liam Hemsworth playing the saxophone was mildly entertaining. Yeah, like that one shot of him. Mildly. Like it's coming up from under him yeah. and he's playing it. Like, I mean, he's working it. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. But, no, it's... it's. Uh, can I ask you a question about this movie that I want to ask you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> Bert Happily. Is, is that... Uh, is this the medium that I do this on <laughs> or should I wait for another time? Do you know the definition of the word beguiling? Uh, I actually... Thought I did, only because I saw the movie The Beguiled, and I remember Googling what the word beguiled meant, but I I think that I am not remembering correctly, because it doesn't really fit with how they're using it. I will Inconceivable. Say, so I, you know, again, you think you kind of understand what beguiling means. It's used several times in this. Liam Neeson. I'm just going to go with Liam Neeson from now on, because I can't say the first name without... Uh, Maybe Liam Hemsworth will take Liam Neeson's place in Hollywood. He might have to now. Liam Neeson just dancing his way right off, right out of Hollywood. Uh, you assume you know what it means, but and I think you would probably be right. It's just like charming or enchanting, but often in a deceptive way, mm. which is a nice little twist. Uh, I realized after they use that word so many times in this movie, I thought I'm unsure of if I know what that means or not, uh, and I think maybe they were too. I don't know. And like maybe that's the joke is that he doesn't really know, but. Who the fuck knows? So there's a, there's a joke about how she's transported into a PG-13 movie, so mm-hmm. she can't curse. Yeah. And this movie, Isn't It Romantic, is PG-13, which you know goes along with the yeah. joke and everything. Yeah. And so 
you know, the MPAA mandates you can only have one, one F bomb yeah. per movie, which is the most pointless rule Doesn't ever. Make any sense, yeah. But I love when a movie can creatively work around that. Yeah. And kind of like really make use of that one F bomb. Yeah. And when she comes out. And I love when she, like, finally just says it yeah. to test that she's in the real world. Yep. Like, yeah, that was really good. It was. Yeah, that, was a, that was a good workaround. For it was good. Another, I think my, actually, my favorite part of this movie, and it's a very small part, so uh, it's not the entire karaoke scene when she finally goes to karaoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when she's singing her song and she kind of has her backup dancers, you know, or, like, her backup singers, who I was curious if they were people I should know, like, if they were members of the band that actually sings that song. I don't know. But she falls down on the ground and then, like, kind of turns into, like, a calendar pose laying on her side. And then they pop up behind her. I mm-hmm. laughed very hard at that part. I thought that was very solid. That was a good shot. Yeah. I like that whole part. Yeah. At the karaoke bar. Yeah. Again, very similar to a scene in I Feel Pretty. Very. It's, like, it's very, very. weird. This is... These two movies are, like, more similar than Bird Box and A Quiet Place. Yes. And, like... Yes. Like, I are. feel like that should be the conversation around this is, like... <laughs> Did they just see I Feel Pretty and hurry up and make a movie? I think they made them at the same time, but without knowing that the other one was existing. And then Amy Schumer cranked that one out a little quicker. It came out and the I Feel and the Isn't It Romantic team said, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to wait six months. You think it's like a Bugs Life and Ant situation? Could be. Could be. Classic. Classic situation. This chocolate right here is... I want to say like a raspberry caramel. <laughs> it's kind of a reddish inside. Nathan will be continuing to comment on all of the chocolates. He I has, don't like this one. He has not stopped eating chocolates this whole time. I'm only I, about two-thirds of the way through this box. I have not had another one yet. But he's uh, he's keeping it up. Can you not tongue the inside of the chocolates, please? That I don't know what repulsive. this is. What, what does this look like to you? <laughs> Something you shouldn't be sticking your tongue in. Marshmallow? It's not going to stop me. What's it's it? not marshmallow. Oh my god, watching you... Eat the center of a chocolate only is repulsive. Let me get a bite from the other side. I'll tell you. Actually, no, I don't. It, I mean, honestly, it kind of tastes like a popcorn jelly bean. That sounds fucking repulsive. I'm not going to finish that one either. Yeah, there's, this graveyard is growing quickly. Uh, what were your thoughts on Mrs. Jonas in this movie? Um, I think that she served her purpose fine. Mm. Um, I mean, she's in like three scenes. Yep. She's not in it very much. No, she's not. Uh... I also think it's funny how, like, okay, so um, Rebel Wilson's assistant, you know, in the fantasy world becomes her mortal enemy because all rom-coms pit women against each other. But yet again, another example of this movie using the same tropes that it's making fun of, it also pits together Priyanka Chopra and Rebel Wilson just because of Adam Devine's choice to go with with her instead of Rebel Wilson. Like, it's, it's just as dumb. It's well, just as dumb as what it's making fun of. I mean, of. I think the nemesis at work thing is even dumber because you don't even see, like, the climax of that that rivalry. Like, it's like, oh, we're, yeah, you're never going to be as good as me. And she says that, like, twice, and then that's it. That's it. Yeah. No resolution to that. Like, just, like, there's so many things that are started and then not addressed later on or finished. Yeah, not really fleshed out. Like, it no. introduces a lot of ideas. and then. But I think that they just kind of had so much going on early on that they were like we gotta move towards just this story involving the four people and like the part when the four of them i think they like like run into each other at a coffee shop like all four yes. are together yeah and i was like this is the least interesting thing about this movie is like just these four people and their romance yeah. i don't care and like that all. dialogue was bad that I don't think the acting was that bad in this movie. I think it was you know, fine. They Rebel know what Wilson is, is good at what she does. I really like Rebel. She's yeah. a million dollar smile, by the way. Like great teeth, million dollar smile. I, I I haven't watched her in much, so that was uh, something that I caught there. Um, I know I've said my favorite part like seventeen times, but I keep looking through my notes and finding another thing. Mm-hmm. When she's eating dinner on uh, Liam Neeson's boat and uh, this tablecloth. <laughs> She goes, oh my god, this tablecloth is so soft. What's it made out of? And he goes, what's it feel like? And she goes, uh, fetal alpaca. And he goes, that's exactly right. <laughs> I was like, that's... There's, there's like these little gold nuggets throughout this movie. And, and her deliveries are so good that like so you good. can even give her like mediocre dialogue. Yes. It's still entertaining. She's very good. Uh, can you guess which woman from this film I fell in love with, as I tend to in movies? Um, Don't look at my notes. The... Uh, Rebel Wilson's assistant. Did you look at my notes? No. Did you? I can't even read your fucking handwriting right side up. Yeah, that's fair. 
It's more legible upside down, actually. Was I right? Yeah, you are right. I'm surprised by that. But I like, I didn't like the romantic comedy version of her when she was like all. But uh, the scene when she's like watching the movie in the beginning yes. and stuff. She's charming. Yeah, absolutely charming, adorable. Love her, mm-hmm. and I I realize she's in uh, Glow as well. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. I need to watch Glow now. Can we talk about how uh, early on in the movie, like one of the first scenes, um, Rebel Wilson talks about how. You know, Adam Devine is always checking out that billboard, and it's painfully obvious uh, that he's out. You know, he's looking at her. Like, yeah. there's it's no secret. That's like, to me, that was the joke. It was like, oh yeah, he's always looking out there. We're like, yeah, haha, he's looking at her. Move on. <laughs> at the end of the movie, the climactic, you're, impactful moment to reveal how much to when she finally understands how much he likes her is when she realizes. He was looking at her, and it's yeah. supposed to be this well, revelation. It's and it's like the assistant has been saying to her throughout her life. There, uh, yeah, he, you're like friend zoning him. He's into you. I will say though, if inviting your coworkers to go out to happy hour and occasionally staring is uh, a sign of true love, I've probably be, been given off some weird vibes in the office. But regardless, yeah, it is. I did get like got weird vibes. The part when she turns down his karaoke offer and he's yeah. like deeply hurt and I'm like, yeah, dude, what? Just like it wasn't. He's not asking her on a date. Not like even it's exclusive. A, like with a group of people. He's obviously doing something so casual that if she says no, it shouldn't be a big deal. Correct. And he's like really hurt by it. Now you will hate me for this because so that climactic ending you talk about, he is like, you know what? What's her What's her name in this movie? I don't even know what her name is in this movie. Rebel Wilson. Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. Mm-hmm. Or, Nat. Nat. Like the bug. Uh, but she sits, Josh, Adam Devine, sits uh, Natalie Rebel Wilson in his chair and is like, and goes to her desk and says, tell me what you see when you look at the billboard. Mm-hmm. And she sees, you know, that's obviously his reflection in the window, so he's been staring at her reflection. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry, but tears welled up in my me? eyes. I'm not. Tears welled up in my eyes. I know. Nothing rolled down my cheek, but I thought it was Did you not cute. understand it earlier? Yes, I did. I absolutely did. But it's still watching somebody... Have a realization. I empathize. I over empathize with people. Uh, so when I see somebody like having a I beautiful, have too moment, many emotions. Trust me, uh, the best emotions. You and I, the best. Emotions. Usually see very eye to eye about what hits us emotionally, and that really yeah. surprises me because I, I sat there like, this is the stupidest thing. It's dumb. The whole thing is dumb. I'm, I'm just saying. It still was like watching her realize it. I was touched, and tears welled up in my eyes. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that. Some people get, you know, enjoyment out of that. Maybe others <laughs> Well will. said, Nathan. <laughs> you can find all our other. <laughs> oh, God. Very, very well spoken. Um, yeah, I mean, what else are we going to say about this, Nathan? I just had a chocolate that just had more milk chocolate on the inside, and that was my favorite one, yeah. That's just a plain chocolate. And my fingers are currently covered in melted chocolate because it took me a while. There's, to some, like, there's some on your sweatshirt. Uh, there's yeah. some on your hands. <laughs> there's... Um, it's literally like the palm and finger somehow. There's a little on your nose. I don't understand what you're doing with those, but you should maybe stop eating those. Um, let's go one more. <laughs> you know what? I'll do one. I like a good dark. Let's go with one of these dark round ones. There's four dark round ones left. Not the one with the little pink uh, tumor grown at the top. Cheers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> yes. I made the right pick. Nathan adds another one to the graveyard. I will be finishing my first job. Wait. Are you fucking kidding me? This looked the exact same as the popcorn jelly bean filling. But it's not. But it tastes like marshmallow. It's great. The chocolate that Nathan just rejected so hard and threw in the graveyard, he has picked back up out of the graveyard and finished eating. I judge with my eyes too quickly. It's very good. I just remember that I didn't put deodorant on before this, and I am ripe. So, Thankfully, I don't judge with my nose too quickly. Clearly. Let's keep going. Give me your next uh, thing that you somehow enjoyed. Hmm, Let's see here. I, you know, as offensive as the gay friend trope is, I really liked how he would just pop up and be there. Like, when she's in the hotel room and he walks by the window outside and, like, sees her. That was good. Every time he showed up, I laughed. Yes, Hmm. I did. And, like, so I was very surprised. This is one thing that surprised me about this movie. Probably the only thing. When she's got a date with uh, Liam Hemsworth. I have to pause before I say Hemsworth because in my mind I say not Neeson Hemsworth. Uh, she's gone on this date and it's like, what am I going to wear? And the gay friend pops up 
And uh, it's like, oh my God, yes, a makeover. And she's like, no, I don't want to do a makeover montage. I don't want to do that. And he's like, we absolutely should try on clothes. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. And then it just goes to the date. And I was so shocked that they did not actually do a makeover montage. That was one thing that they made fun of romantic comedies for, but didn't do. I feel like they probably filmed it and it was on the cutting room floor. You think? I mean, it did every other stupid thing. That That's why I'm of. saying I was surprised by it. I was surprised by it. I mean, I think a lot of this movie, too, like the trailer ruined so many parts of this movie. Yeah, okay. I've said this countless times in the show. I try not to watch trailers, especially yeah. for movies that I know I want to see. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that I did not anticipate seeing, so I watched bits of the trailers when they're on, you know, whatever, TV ads and stuff. Yeah. I've only seen like a few moments in the trailer, a few shots, and it still managed to spoil like all the funniest things. Yeah. The whole thing with her trying to have sex and Liam Hunsworth in the bedroom yeah. is the best bit in the movie. It is. And everybody has seen that already. Exactly. Exactly. The whole thing. Completely ruined. Yeah, there was nothing else in that scene. Like I thought they were they left something. Like mm-hmm. she'd eventually get there. Mm-hmm. Um but ugh, I don't know. That uh, chocolate caramel piece was as much of a slog as this movie. I literally have nothing left to talk about. Uh, I'm just going to keep saying the same shit over and over. Yep. Yeah, I think that's uh, about right for this movie. Uh, were you surprised when she broke up the wedding and didn't like try to steal him away, but realized that she needed to love herself? I mean, yeah, like her walking out alone was not the ending I expected. Yeah, same. But it was still the message that I generally thought was going to happen. Like, it's just... This just makes me angry because putting your own needs before romance is actually an idea that I really, really support and that we've talked about on this show probably like three or four times. There's been movies I've criticized because I feel like they identify. I wish that characters are more independent. So I like that message a lot. Yeah, me too. But the movie just like actively undermines that by reiterating so much of the dumb shit. Well, it's and like after that, she's still. Goes to the guy and like, yes. yeah, go. That's the ending is her being with him. Yes, like there's like this nugget of like, oh yeah, like there's there were ideas here yeah. that were really good, but there's just so much bad. I didn't like it. I don't know if you got that. Uh, yeah, I did kind of get it. I kind of got it. Um, I think I'm tapping out of these chocolates. Please do because I don't want to watch you shove any more into your face. Oh, Should we wrap it up? Probably. You can uh, find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm. Or wherever else you find your podcasts. And if you like what you hear and want to support the show, feel free to leave us a review on any platform you listen on or uh, go on Anchor and, you know, buy us a beer or something. Throw some, just give us money. If you want one of these chocolates, you know, give us a buck. Yeah. We'll mail it to you. I will. We'll, you know, we'll lick it. We'll add some DNA. We will not wrap it. We will just etch your address into the outside and tape a stamp to the chocolate. You can also grab some of your very own Fast Food Film Friends merch at mm. fastfoodfilmfriends.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can follow us on Instagram at Fast Food Film Friends or Facebook at the same. Twitter at FFFF Podcast? No question mark. We added one. <laughs> or email us at fastfoodfilmfriends at gmail.com to let us know uh, what you think or what you want us to do next. Until then, farewell. farewell.